a big sip. <laughs> oh my goodness, everyone. I'm seriously so excited. You are here for another episode of The Big Sip. And this is with a beautiful soul. I cannot express just how... She's just so delightful. And actually, our story dates back to a couple of years ago. Here's the thing. One, I recommend sit at the bar. That is where you will meet your friends because that is where we met. You don't have to go to the fancy table floor, although those are nice too for their occasion. And then don't be afraid to talk to the person that's sitting next to you at the bar because then you never know where a beautiful friendship is going to spark and where you're going to get to meet badass winemakers. That's right. I am so, so, so excited to just be sitting in this chair, sipping from your cup, learning all about you, sharing you with the world, everything that you bring to the table. And when I tell you she is amazing, y'all, she is amazing. She's also the first black woman to ever have gone through the viticulture program over at UC Davis. And let me tell you this, she is young, which also just brings about the whole conversation on why it's so important that we're calling out diversity in the wine industry. It is my absolute pleasure to present to y'all Victoria Coleman. Thanks, Gabby. (laughs) You're too kind. (laughs) I didn't say anything that wasn't true, though. You are amazing. You are a beautiful soul. You are a badass winemaker and now director of winemaking. Right. Right. (laughs) So now you get to do so much. I do. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. I haven't, I directed somewhat in China when I was there uh, from 2010, really, through up until I didn't go back in 2020. But (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad I called that one <laughs> You're like, the entire world shut down. There was no traveling happening. Yeah, so um, I think my last visit, so the last visit there was in 2019. Started off the harvest for them there. And I usually go back for the month of December. And so in that year, I was like, I just don't want to be that cold for that long of time. So mm. I'm there for four weeks. And I just sent an email that I wouldn't be going and then all of a sudden there's COVID yeah and you're just like okay yes see I would have gotten stuck out there yeah no everything happens for a reason that is so cool I did not know you were doing consulting out there for that many years consulting then or was it through it was consulting and it was for a small winery um outside of Xi'an city of Xi'an Mm. and that winery like it's considered boutique because everything's so large there and it was one of few and Mm -hmm. within that region but it was a great experience and I did take a break between 2014 and went back in 2017 so has winemaking just taken you all over the world and being able to consult uh not all over the world I'd like that opportunity (laughs) (laughs) like some some pretty cool places (laughs) yeah many regions in China I've been just looking at vineyards and they've got nurseries there um they took me to Italy looking at nurseries Mm. there but I get to travel because of what I do. Right. But not I haven't had any other projects outside of like Canada or here in the States. Mm-hmm. But all those travels, have they influenced you and in like your own winemaking styles and like what you end up bringing back here when you're when you're home in the Valley? I did an internship in France in 2008. Ooh. And so that was I think it was an unusual vintage in Bordeaux. It was very wet. And I think I left I left there with something that I could use for the wet vintages that we had in Mm. 2010 and 11 here Mm -hmm. where I wasn't like running around crazy. (laughs) What are we going to do? I was like, I got it. (laughs) But, um, you're like deja vu been here, done that. We're good. (laughs) But pretty much I just like, I think my whole 
approach is just showing a sense of time and place. Mm. And so the fruit is what it is. And I just try to nurture that and Mm -hmm. let it show through in the wine. So that's pretty much my approach, (laughs) taking secrets here. (laughs) (laughs) Taking little nuggets, little golden nuggets from everywhere. Winemaking. Is this something that you like fell into were you always like since you were young you're like I'm going to become a winemaker you went to a certain college that specializes in that or how how did you end up doing the the badass things that you're doing so I'm native to Seattle and I come from a family of like cocktail drinkers (laughs) so I didn't really have any uh exposure to wine necessarily but my mom she at most would drink like Riesling and Merlot. So when I started trying wine, it was like a like Riesling and like that sweeter mm-hmm, style. Kind. So we were on vacation in Mexico and I was studying computer science at the time. And I meet this guy <laughs> who he he's from Mexico and he had worked here in Napa. He was working and he was on vacation with his friends. And that's kind of how I went back to Seattle. He was back in Napa and he was sending me wines. I was giving them all away. (laughs) (laughs) I would come and visit. And after like maybe a couple years of that, I decided to move Mm -hmm. and just have a change and thought I'll get residency residency. uh, to continue and then look into school here, computer science. So this is what I In Mexico? No, here. Oh, here in Napa. Okay. And my first job was at Stag's Leap Wine Cellars, and it was just supposed to be a two-week temporary receptionist gig, and I ended up staying. And so I ended up as production assistant, like, within three months of... Total um, opposite. You're, like, an administrative, and then you're like, no, let me go get my hands dirty. (laughs) And so the winemaker at the time encouraged me to start taking classes at the Napa College just to have some background, because I knew nothing. 100%. And so at the same time, I'm like cutting my teeth on like the best wines in Napa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You and up at Stag's Leap? <laughs> so it just kind of it went on from there. But at one point, like after that breakup happening, when I after moving down, mm-hmm. um, thinking, am I going to go home and continue what I was doing? Or will I stay here? And if I stay here, what will I do? And I was very much in love with the vineyard at mm-hmm. that time. And I thought, OK, I'll become viticulturist. And if I do this, I have to go to UC Davis. And so I did go to UC Davis. And after that's I, amazing. I started making my first wine while I was in school. So my first vintage was 2005. Oh my gosh. And I remember I was working for a farming company and the company had a client who couldn't sell grapes. And he kept asking me, the owner of the farming company, do you want to make wine? We've got these grapes. It's kind of like life's knocking. Yeah. Like, I was like, no, no, Victoria, thank you. Victoria, you going to answer? <laughs> no. And the following year he asked me again and I thought, okay, if I can call my mentor who was at Opus One at the time, who had moved on to Opus One from Stag's Leap. If I can call him and he can guide me, because at that point, I thought anyone could do a fermentation, but when it comes down to like winemaking and wine stability, if something goes wrong, like I need to know, because I hadn't had that part mm-hmm. in school yet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, sign the contract. So I made that first wine, 2005, and like a less than ideal 
facility. And I remember tasting the wine maybe two weeks after primary fermentation, tasting a sample from the tank, and I thought, oh my God, I have to do this again. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> goosebumps. <laughs> so that's pretty much like the start of everything. So and you really fell into it. I did. It was like, you came here, wooed, <laughs> wine, wine and men, and then one man. And then, uh, and then you're just like, no, actually, I'm going to stay and do this and yeah. buy computer engineering. <laughs> I mean, well, there's so much science that goes into that anyways. So I'm sure that was kind of helpful too. And UC Davis is also an incredible <sighs> school as well, just in both senses. Was part of you like nervous though, to take that leap and be like, I'm going from something that I was planning on studying and maybe had some time and focus on. And now you were just going to leap into something else. No, I think when I realized that that's what I was going to do, I felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Not, I felt like this is it. Yeah. You know. That reassuring, calming feeling. It's like, you know, yeah, this feels right. Yeah. And it's always about going for what feels right. Yeah. So then you ended up then making your very first vintage in 2005. Yes. And after that you were hooked. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, so in 2008, when I left Davis, that's when I went to France and it, it worked out that I was at a facility where you could, I don't want to say you didn't have to be there, but I had, at least I had someone to oversee mm. the wines that were being, I think I was, I had, the two clients at one time that I was working with Lobo and Mario Bazan. So that was useful to be in a facility where, you know, there's always a team in place and you can just leave instruction. But I also had a good, I don't know, like an angel just to kind of oversee what was going Guiding, on while yeah. I was away. Yeah. Um, and just would send me like data and like tell me what like the fruit tastes like. So that was, that was really cool. So I've been doing this. I was just counting in my head as we were speaking earlier. <laughs> <laughs> this will be my 17th vintage coming. Oh my gosh. Vintage. And so yeah, that's a long time. I don't really ever think about it, but I just pulled out the first one I ever made. I just had it maybe a couple weeks ago. Ooh. So yeah. we've got some bottles of that lying around. She's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I know. I was told, I remember my allotment would be, in the, in the beginning, it was like 10 cases. And so I just remember getting the wine and just loving it and just going through it and sharing it. And I think I got down to maybe three cases from 10. Uh -huh. like, I'm my saving friend these. was like, you got to put this away. Yeah, you got to save these. <laughs> so now I can go back. And that's and a beautiful taste. thing. And just see how it develops. What varietal was it? Cab. So it's 100 percent cab and most of the wines when I started making them all the wines I've ever made were like always 100% and so Lobo's the first chance I've gotten to work with like at Alice Peak make a blend um, using Petit Verdot and mm. Merlot but everything else has always been cab so I felt like when I would take on projects well, everyone's growing cab and there's right. like an abundance. Yeah. So. yeah, exactly. So to do something different, it's just, it's, you know, your own unique stamp. Yes. And so I always get that question. like, if you could do something else or another variety to work with. And I always think, I was just asked this the other day, but um, like Chardonnay from the Russian river. I've not made mm. Chardonnay. Lobo has a Chardonnay that's not made by me. It's, it was like a pre-existing relationship and it's a different style than I would like to make. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I haven't taken that on yet, but I've been asked to take it on. <laughs> but it's a style that everyone enjoys, and I would hate to like change that for people, mm. but maybe like slowly over time. Yeah, or, and then <laughs> and maybe there's something new that they can enjoy, you know, because everyone right now is enjoying the wines that you are producing. So right now you are currently at Lobo. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lobo. They've got two estate vineyards, um, one in Oaknell that grows five varieties, and one on Atlas Peak 
with three varieties. And so I've been with them. I think this will be my 13th or 14th vintage. It's just crazy when I think how long. Wow. And how long when I started out, it was just like 100 cases of cab. And it's still small, but we're like over 2,000 cases split amongst six wines, maybe six or seven. Yeah. And now it's not just cab. I mean, you were just telling me that you just got to make a 2020 vintage, the new release of the, um, Pinot Noir Rosé. Yes. So you've been doing some, you've been up to some work. You've been doing some fun things. I know. And that one I did in a way behind their backs. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Well, sometimes when you, you can bleed the juice off of your fruit. Mm. And so I did that and then just took a small amount, diluted it, maybe add a little (laughs) acid. Just, I only did like 15 cases and I just wanted to see if I could like make something Mm -hmm. I would like to drink Mm -hmm. in a rosé. And then it worked. And as we were coming, approaching bottling, I was like, Hey, look, look at this. I made this. Yeah. (laughs) And they were like, do this again. And that's not what I was going for, but I just didn't want them to think like I was making wine behind their backs (laughs) and that I actually. Like took their grapes and did it, but um, so now we dedicate grapes to pressing. That's making it so in, amazing in the true way of making rosé. And it was because you decided to take your shot at it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we don't. We're not going to get the answers to questions we're not willing to ask. Or what's the other one that uh, I remember? My mom told me growing up. She's like, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> it's, it's not like we're out here doing anything wrong. Sometimes you know it, that's just the route that you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. What when you look back and and now is that you were saying it was nineteen vintages that you've been doing winemaking this now? This will be my seventeenth, I think, coming upon. Seventeenth. So when yeah, oh my gosh, seventeen. I mean, I I think about that and I'm just like, do people still like what they do seventeen years later? But I feel like winemaking, I mean, it's there's science behind it, but at the end of the day, it's a craft and it's like your own artistic ability to be able to create. I'm like, I don't think I would ever get tired being a winemaker. I mean, maybe the harvest season is, you know, brutal, but but yeah. what you do, like what's at the core, I mean oh. I know sometimes I think like I could do this till I'm 90, like if I'm still here. But that's what I, I do think like that. Like, why wouldn't you if you could, right? Yeah, especially if you're making delicious wines and it's this, you get to also reap I the benefits afterwards. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really only in it for me, guys. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I ever, like the wine making process, I don't think I ever get tired of it. And I think that's what, I don't know, it's inspiring when I taste my own wines. It's inspiring when I taste a lot of wines, but yeah. I don't always drink all of my wines. And when I revisit them, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I made this more. This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's a lady at hospitality up at the caves and every now and again, I'll try a wine with them. And I'm like, oh my gosh. She's like, why are you so surprised? Because <laughs> there are certain wines I just, I drink other wines more than, you know, I may drink one wine right. for the most part. And then if it's at a dinner or I just happen to pull it out, you know, a lot of my wines I just put away in storage now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't go through them, but there are wines that I may go out that are on wine list that I'll order time and time again. So I'm constantly, constantly chasing them. Yeah. yeah. And then the others I don't. So then when there's the opportunity, I'm like, oh my God, this is good. Actually good. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like what was going on that you thought it wasn't going to be good? You're I like, know, no, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not terrible. I think it speaks to, you're just such a humble being and, <laughs> 
I think it, it primarily speaks to the fact that you can sometimes surprise yourself. Like we know we're capable, we're worthy, we're smart, we're hardworking, all of these things. Right. But until you sometimes see something or taste something yourself and you're just like, oh, wow, like I, I'm really the thing behind that. Like, yeah. And it's nice to feel surprised like that. And it's, you know, I'm still very involved in the vineyards. And so that's always my primary focus. And it's sometimes... You know, you can mess up good grapes, but you know, you can't take bad grapes and make Mm. a wonderful wine. And the owner's always thanking me. He's like, thank you for being in the vineyard. I'm like, you cannot just deliver grapes to me and expect me to make your wine. Like, I have to know what's going on. I have to have some input in the vineyard. Yeah, absolutely. But I can only imagine that there are some people out there who probably are completely separate or just don't even think about placing themselves and still getting their hands dirty down in the vineyard. But I can only imagine it's going to sound super cheesy, but it's like that TLC, right? Tender love and care. If you're out there nurturing it, understanding, then you really have the knowledge and the wisdom to know like what this is shaping out to look like. You're involved. That is true. I think it's very important. There is, you know, that type of winemaker but maybe they have so much to oversee, you know, I'm I'm like able to cherry pick and pick out small plots, you know, Mm -hmm. and make what I like to make. But, you know, I just think that there are winemakers that do have that where it's just like the fermentation, that's their, their thing. Sometimes I've heard people just say blending is more their thing rather than being in the vineyard or even Mm. what they do as far as fermentation. But I think all of it, ties in together but then you're just like number one for you yeah it's where you fell in love is you were just like i i want to be here you get lost in there plus it's a it's a cycle of life right so you literally get to see growth in life and then you see it go away and you get to pick it away and i know i remember when i worked at stag sleep and i would be like deflated or just kind of have like a depression after harvest like once all the grapes were picked, <laughs> it's such a weird thing. You're like, they're all gone. <laughs> now what do we do with ourselves? We just worked this hard and prepped for this long. And now what are we supposed to do? It was a weird, weird feeling. So do you like the I chaos? Know. Do you thrive in it? I do. I, th- I think I work better in chaos than I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we don't always necessarily like the chaos, but we thrive in the chaos. I think I've always, yeah, worked better. You should be prepared, but sometimes, you know, you can't always be. And I think I thrive in that. Mm-hmm. Earlier, you talked about some incredible mentors that you had and how one of them ended up leaving to Opus One. And you had uh, other mentors that guided you as you were trying to figure out, how am I going to really solidify my roots in in this industry, where would you say you draw a lot of your inspiration from or who, who really inspires you as you've now been on this journey for 17 vintages? I know it's so hard. <laughs> well, like I said, I inspire myself now. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is a thing. Yes. Toot your horn. <laughs> well, uh, so Michael Silachi at Opus One, like he's the one who got me into the vineyards and he would describe to me what you're tasting, you know. He's also our bar food buddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So kind of that's for me, like where I started. And he's mentored so many people. We're all like just so grateful to him. But also just like knowing Warren Winyarski, he was supportive of me going into Davis, coming out of Davis, of course. Mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough to taste amazing wines of his just because he's been around forever. And Celia Welch, I remember. So I know her from when she was making wines at Hartwell and she's got her own brand 
that started out as a kind of like a mentorship program. And I was a part of that in the very beginning stages. So I can call her to taste my wines whenever and get her thoughts. And so just I'm inspired by the people who were here before me, you know, yeah. Brown Estate, like people who were doing it from the ground. That's I respect that, yeah. you know, where, yeah. where they're farming, farm to bottle. I really respect that. And, and I'm just happy to see that there are people like me that are finding passion mm-hmm. in this so that like keeps me wanting to do this I think about I just reconnected with my father's side of the family a few years back and they're like so winemaker like they had no idea <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a strange thing to them and even for me like because I never thought of that I never thought about wine really yeah and I remember getting picked up from the airport in Seattle and we went to lunch and we each order a glass of wine. And my aunt's drinking a glass of Pinot Grigio and she has no idea, like, it's a grape, you know, like, and I'm thinking, you've been drinking wine for like, how long? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they're just like, there are so many people that don't think about it, you mm-hmm. know, and I remember when I first got into this, knowing that yeah. and saying, you know, I want for people like me to see what I'm seeing, to taste what I'm tasting, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. so that inspires me no, to that, keep going. That's a beautiful thing. And it's important because earlier when we weren't on the mic, I was like, letting you know, you know, part of the reason for the big sip is because we want to amplify stories and narratives of people of color. So other people can see themselves in those situations and know like, Oh, that's something that's possible. Oh yes. This beverage is for me. I see myself in this product. I'm knowledgeable about these things that we share this beautiful glass of wine and have all these incredible conversations, but, and wine is at the core of like what brought all of that together. And so it, it is amazing to see and to be surrounded and inspired by people who were either doing it before you or to know that you may be the, be the inspiration for someone else who is like, wow, that's something that I would now want to do. And I have also, I have an aunt who, that I grew up with. She, uh, so she lives in South Carolina and she just recently were, we're planting her vineyard like in the next month. Oh, and we've been waiting for years for UC Davis to come out with a grape variety that would grow well and that would be resistant to Pierce's disease down in this region. So now we're like taking shipment of those grapes at the end of next week and we've got to like, we're ordering all the materials. It's just, so that's inspiring to me that like after all these, she was so angry at me for such a long, like, <laughs> where are these grapes? I'm like, if you want to plant, you're going to have to plant something like native to what's there, which right. is like muscadine. And I'm like, you don't want that. Because <laughs> we actually did a little tour through like South Carolina, North Carolina, and that's native. Mm-hmm. So, But it didn't taste good? No. <laughs> so yeah, so we're planting. So to me, like she's very hardworking and she follows her passions and I'm just trying to like help her help out. No, but that's amazing because yeah. she probably never ever thought this was a possibility and now she has you. Yes. And you were able to make make that connection to even have UC Davis get involved and be able to provide some guidance on like, oh yeah, this is going to be that plant that then you can go ahead and and harvest here. It scares me to death in a way just because I mean, grapes are grown there, but just like I have to be help her to be responsible. And also her son who has, he studied a little bit here at the Napa College and then he went over to Fresno. Hmm. So he's in it as well. That's amazing. <laughs> Probably going to be picking your brain every step along the way being like, yeah. huh, like teach yeah. me a way. He's involved. Yeah. So. 
That's actually so beautiful. It's come full circle now. Something yeah. that, like you said, you fell into it, but it has now sparked this passion that extends outside of you. And like you said, that's where you draw your inspiration from. So I think that's beautiful. Does it excite you then to look at like what's happening right now in the industry and how many people are talking about the importance of diversifying the industry and how have you seen it change from when you first entered? Just on the consumer side of things, just seeing all of the people come through town and in tasting rooms that you've never, I've never seen this before, you know, Mm -hmm. in my time here and that there are people of color that are interested and like they have a jump more so than I did you know when Mm. I moved here not being interested and um, I've I've met friends at bars who fly from Texas like every month just to like have a weekend in Napa I'm actually doing a wine tasting for them coming up oh how um, fun a couple weeks in Texas but (laughs) (laughs) see she's traveling (laughs) Um, but also I've been connected with a few people where we're trying to develop a program we have a couple wines that we're going to start with basically it's we're so at the beginning stages of this project but it's to give money to go towards scholarship for a person of color Mm -hmm. to go to school and it could be in winemaking, it could be in hospitality, just food and beverage. So we're working on that. That's amazing. And there are Dylan Proctor, Jonah Beer, Devin Joshua, and Artie Johnson and myself. So we're wow. working on that. We've got our first wine. We still have to develop a name. So we're working on that now. Uh, we have a great label designer involved in the project. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she can come up with once we decide on a name. But it'll be all about just scholarship, mentorship, and then them paying it forward, you know, when they get to where they're going. And I'm so juiced, literally. (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended, but seriously, that is so cool. So then the wine will ascend that you guys are all creating together will be the vehicle towards people purchasing that and then being able to take the monies from that to fund all these scholarship opportunities. Right, right. So I'm very excited for that. I'm not very good at sales, so I'm glad that we have a strong sales team. (laughs) I'm like, I'm glad I'm on the production side of things. You're like, I'll be in charge of making the wine and ensuring you like it at the end of the day. Yeah, so, and then I think... In the end, we all hope to blend together. Jonah has a side project. Artie's a winemaker. So we'll see what we come up with. But we've already got our first couple wines, and we're just just trying to like tie those things up. So very excited. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to get my hands all over that. Yeah, to Sylvia invest, Blanc, to I'm hoping to see soon like out there. It's all a matter of packaging right now and the name. <laughs> and the name. Yeah, the two important <laughs> the things. <name>. Yeah. <laughs> How did you all come together to create this? What what led to that? So it was really Jonah's like the common thread. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to him for a friend who he's the GM of Frog Sleep. And mm-hmm. so I've known him from Stag Sleep Wine Cellars. And I reached out to him to connect with a friend who was looking just to, for someone to talk to and just a type of mentorship. Mm-hmm. And he had already thought this out with, I, I think, with Dylan. And when I reached out to him, he turned around, came back to me, and he's like, I've been thinking about this. So anyway, it was his kind of brainchild. And then he involved us, like, what do you think? And we all jumped in. And so that was just almost a year ago. So wow, we've made really good progress as far as... Yeah, I feel like, like it's to all and exactly and to already be there where you're just at the stage of needing packaging and a name. It's yeah. like it's right around the corner. And it's such a difficult thing just to establish like a, a charity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh my so, gosh, yes. 
So right now, I think we found other avenues just to like get the money out there. We can't necessarily choose who we want where it's like an interview mm-hmm. process, but we know the money will go to someone mm-hmm. using the parameters that we've established right. and then just to get started, like to get it out there. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be so incredible. And the fact that it's right around the corner. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I cannot wait. It is going to do so much good for the yeah. community as well for Students and anybody out there who are truly interested in in pursuing, like you said, I like that it's kind of broad. It it really allows everybody who's just interested in in hospitality, food and beverage, winemaking, all of that to be like this. It doesn't have to be something that's out of my grasp. I I. I have a shot. Yeah. So I would like to see someone on the production side of things at some point. (laughs) And then you'd be their mentor and you're just like, one more thing added to my plate. (laughs) How do you balance it all? Thinking now I'm like, okay, winemaker for Lobos. You're also doing director of winemaking. So you're overseeing all these people. I know. And you're doing this. And I'm, I think it's chaos. So I'm going to have to like (laughs) practice what I preach in a minute. It's, 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 it's a lot. Um, but you just have to get through it. It's like one day at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. What advice do you wish that you could give someone else that maybe is planning or or wishing about dipping their toes or or just maybe if you could go back to when you were trying to figure it all out what what would be that piece of advice that you would have wanted to hear at that moment that's a good question um sometimes I feel like I don't know I think it's like see as much as you can do as much as you can I feel like I've seen a lot but I feel like I haven't seen enough Mm. you know Um, and that's just, sometimes I feel like when I'm working, a lot of it's on my own. When I was saying, when I started out initially, I was like in a small place and then I moved into a place where I thought there'd be more of a community, Mm -hmm. like in a custom crush facility Mm -hmm. where you would see other winemakers and maybe be able to connect them. Mm -hmm. And, but there's not, I don't see necessarily a lot of that, but then you kind of have to maybe establish your own network. Mm -hmm. I feel like for a long time I've been on my own in a way, in a Mm -hmm. sense, even though I have good people I can pull from, Mm -hmm. but it's just, just, I don't know, expose yourself to as many people like good and bad or just as you can. Stay curious. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and not that I didn't do that or didn't try early on, but, um, not end up with like blinders. Yeah. Like sometimes when I'm tasting on my, I just tasting my wines and maybe only a few people know these wines and that I'm sharing with, Mm -hmm. but that's like in the end, right? Like there's, they're seeing the final product. So it's just like to open yourself up to see everything, have more exposure. That's the one thing that I think I, I might've missed out on a little bit. I can still do that. Yeah. And I like what I do and I like what I'm producing, you know, nothing against any of that, but I just think like do as much, see as much, be open to everything. Mm -hmm. Have that like global perspective yeah. in everything. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, um, I don't know. And <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> You're just like, this is being recorded. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> nothing to fear here. Nothing to see, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, but you, you bring up a good point. And that, that is important to just remain and have that global perspective. It, it also, it will expose you to maybe opportunities that you didn't know that Right. you would be interested in or, or eager to learn, or it might make a new connection. I mean, I'm a firm believer that we are always and forever students of life. And I mean, 
education, you know, to some extent is only in, you know, we can go to like schools and whatnot, but there's also, you can educate yourself about anything, you know, it's like we have, especially with technology these days, just access to information at our fingertips. And it's so, so it's like, stay curious, you Mm -hmm. know? And just even, I had a lady reach out to me from Detroit and she's like, I want to do something with you. And her ideas, I was like, like, no. (laughs) But I mean, I know that she's got a market for, she has a wine store. She's got a market for certain things, you know, for a taste, a palate. And like me being closed to the, you know what I mean? It's just, you can also, you can meet people halfway sometimes, you know. Yeah. Just, it's like an opportunity missed if you don't. If you don't take take advantage of all all the shots that come your way. Yeah. But at the same time, you also know maybe what... Everybody knows in certain times, like maybe what's, what they're ready for right then and there. And then maybe Mm -hmm. other times, like, it's just not something that can work out right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Plus I feel like we live in a day and age where maybe there's also just a little bit of pressure to feel like we have to say yes to everything and that we should feel chastised and completely hate ourselves if we say no. And it's like, how often do we end up stretched out so thin because we have this mentality of like, we must say yes to all things. And that's just like, it's not possible. Yeah. It's not possible. And you got to take care of your mental health. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think that's a good point. I know. I have someone who's always telling me, like for instance, this interview, I was telling you how I'm like, I'm, pretty like low key state of myself and I'm making wine and you know, like I'm just gonna be over here. (laughs) (laughs) And my friend is always saying like, you have to, sometimes you have to jump on it. You can't take your time, you Mm -hmm. know, to, um, so that's another thing. Like don't, it's always going to be something good, right? There, no one's trying to put you out there to like put you on blast or anything. It's always going to be helpful. Yeah. So that's an, another thing where I just feel like, like, I can't right now, (laughs) (laughs) not right now, but, um, I mean, you are a busy woman, (laughs) super, super busy. So like I said, for me, just the fact that it's a Sunday, like, (laughs) and yet we're here working technically, (laughs) um, you know, so it's just like, so I really appreciate you just coming in, but more than anything, like I said, it was so important to me to just, to also just want to dive into your cup and to want to learn a little bit more about you and and your world of winemaking, because I know you as a, as a great friend, but when it comes to all of the incredible work that you produce, the art that you create, I I hadn't yet tapped into that. And I was just like, um, we need to sit her in the chair. She (laughs) needs to be in the hot seat. (laughs) I was thinking about, uh, just one quick story. My father, he's been kind of ill for a couple of years now. And he, his big thing is Chardonnay. And so he's been drinking uh, Woodbridge Mondavi. (laughs) And so, and I saw that. Saw a commercial for that the other day. <laughs> and one of the last times I went up to go see him, I went to a wine shop here in Napa and just got like a, a white burgundy. And I remember visiting him and it was like, I think it was like the day his, his mom had passed or whatever. Hmm. And so we opened this bottle of wine and his eyes like lit up when he tasted it. Like he didn't know wine could taste like that. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just like such an incredible thing. And so I think like at the end of the day, when I taste like my wines with my family and I'm always like waiting to see, because they're not, you know, like I said, they were cocktail drinkers. And so it's not like they've grown the palate, you know, Mm -hmm. and And to see their like eyes light up, like, 
wow, you did this, yeah. <laughs> you know? You're like, I did. <laughs> it's like the one of the best feelings. I feel like that would be a beautiful feeling to, and like I said, to be able to share that with someone else. It's a moment that extends beyond just the wine. Yeah. But to know that you were the root of why that even ended up there, that's even cooler. Because mm-hmm. you're a badass. <laughs> You are. How can people stay connected with you? How do they support remembering what really cool things you're about to roll out with these phenomenal folks and this uh, upcoming scholarship opportunities to invest in the wines you're creating? Gosh, well, LoboWines.com is one way. Um, And also you can follow Lobo on Instagram and on Facebook. And I'm also VC Davis. (laughs) put it out there this is over cocktails with a friend we're like i love viola davis i went to uc davis why not vc davis i'm victoria coleman (laughs) i love it (laughs) not as unique to you so um and then just when we're ready when we have a name for this project which i hope in the next couple of weeks we'll have um we'll put it out there well and we'll be eyes locked in yes so make sure you're following along because if not you're gonna miss it and i know you all want to be a part of it so amazing thanks gabby i cannot wait seriously for those wines to come out i'm I'm so excited excited. i'm excited to drink the the sauvignon blanc like right now (laughs) i'm like I'm proposing our next meeting next week just to talk about the name. And I'm like, let's taste this wine. We haven't tasted it for a couple months, few months. So heck yeah. Let's see how it's or actually before, before the first of the year, I think that was like, one Oh yeah. So time. we're due. Yeah. I like how and I said was, we. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you a sample. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. No, but yes. And let me know how I can support with that and with spreading out that information because just that's amazing things. And and I want the world to to be exposed to that and to know about it. Wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. No, thank you. Cheers to you. Cheers. I'm empty. (laughs) That's bad luck. You're right. It is bad luck. Pour some more. Pour some more. (laughs) Now we're good. Salud. Salud. Mmm, the big sip.